Hello friends, I'm Koral Das Gupta, founder of Tell Me Your Story and author, here with my podcast show The Great Indian Family in collaboration with Epilogue Media. You can listen to the podcast on epilogue.media. You can also hear us on Spotify, GeoSavan, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Castbox and other podcast apps. My fourth book Summer Holidays deals with a major who is tough in the exterior but out and out weak when it comes to handling relationships. But when it comes to his daughter, he decides to act differently. Isn't that something that happens to every father daughter? Here though today we are sitting with Tanya Chaitanya, the editor of Femina, and we are exploring a very different kind of family setup where Tanya's father happens to be one of her biggest friends and best friends. So welcome to the show Tanya. Thank you for having me Koral. Okay Tanya so how was your childhood how did it look like? You know when you talk about my childhood it's uh I think it's one of the most exciting the most memorable uh phase of my life. I have such cherished memories from it. Um I I can talk a lot about my childhood <laughs> to begin with the uh, the fact that uh, you know I was born uh, to a bunch of parents uh, like a bunch of a couple rather um who you know when my uncle was visiting them mm-hmm. he saw my parents uh, play with me and they were like do bachcho ko ek bach ek khilona mil gaya hai <laughs> so you know they were uh, they were just i think uh, you know i i i know a lot of parents say that but i think we completed each other the three of us and you know that that really has been a lifelong bond <laughs> for me so you think that uh, in your family uh, even with the parents there were still there were still more children at heart than there were adults yes you know both my parents um, come from very large families so mm-hmm. my father was uh, he had five older sisters okay. and he was the youngest his eldest sister was about 18 years older to him and she was mm-hmm. a doctor so you know, she kind of brought him up mm-hmm. and uh, my mother also came from a very large family she had about eight siblings mm-hmm. so um, and also the youngest so mm-hmm. you know two very young uh, people <laughs> went and had a child um and they treated her like the toy that <laughs> that they would and uh, yeah so i was there only uh, i i am their only child and you know it's it's been quite an interesting journey because they've been my best friends and um you know it's it's really true when you know when they say who's your best friend uh, and when you when you turn around and say my mother was my best friend i'd say both my parents are my best friends mm-hmm. and my bffs forever yeah <laughs> you know you say that there were so many siblings i think that generation did have that component that there were lots of children and i remember talking to my grandmother maternal grandmother who had uh, six daughters and two sons and then uh, my mother's kaka also had three children so i would often go to her and say that uh, do you remember all the names chalo shuru se shuru karo and she would literally with a kerchief in her hand the entire house i would be running and she would be running behind me so i completely <laughs> yeah so yeah large huge families i still can't remember some of their names my uncles and my aunts but uh, you know so for for my parents to take a very brave decision mm-hmm. um you know and to go ahead and have only one child Mm-hmm. um and you know i grew up in north india so i grew up in smaller towns um you know from lucknow where were you staying lucknow uh lucknow then dehradun and then uh delhi so mm-hmm. you know i've stayed in different cities uh, mm-hmm. because dad used to travel a lot uh but we were originally from dehradun okay and um, yeah so it it wasn't exactly the um you know the most uh, palatable uh, scenario because people expected uh 
in those days mm. i grew up in the 80s and the 90s they expected that if there was a first daughter mm. in fact i was telling you that interesting story right when i was born um, so my father was so excited the day i was born <laughs> he ordered a lot of uh, you know a, a lot of stuff and he you know he was kind of throwing a feast for all his pals mm. and his best friend uh, reacted by saying that you know Uh, you're so happy because you've uh, you know you've you've had a baby girl mm. imagine your excitement if you'd had a baby boy and um, <laughs> you know that was the end of their friendship because <laughs> i think he almost clobbered him and uh, my father is uh, quite the feminist uh, you know in terms uh, in terms of being an equalist or a humanist mm-hmm. so he believes and he he grew up with um, you know his mother was a very strong person mm. and uh, his sisters were a very strong influence on his life and then his wife who was a working person at that point as well So um a father has been all about equality and mm-hmm. uh, so he brought me up with those ethos mm-hmm. and uh, you know the very fact that um, you know even when i was growing up i used to hear a lot of people say that you know perhaps it was not by choice they couldn't have another child so i confronted mm-hmm. my parents at age 7 8 i think i said you couldn't have another child <laughs> which is why so my mom was like no baby it's entirely by choice you completed us and you know you are you are exactly what we wanted and this is how you know we want to bring you up so i think that that equation continues to this date and um, you know i um it's interesting uh, because at some point them being my best friends and you know me being able to confide in them so much mm-hmm. i was telling you also about um you know how they they were the first ones to discuss my first crush my first boyfriend <laughs> um you know they introduced me to my first uh, glass of wine um so i've had a very progressive uh, kind of upbringing and yet you know when i i hit about 18 19 um i was like you know there's there's just too much of us being this close mm. and i decided to stay away from them being in the same city i uh, decided to stay away from them for about a year and that was very very liberating that mm. one year away from them was also extremely liberating of course my mother never lets me forget that <laughs> one year and i came promptly back to them but um, mm. yeah so th- that was my growing up because i learned to do you know how you learn to do your adult when you're yeah. away from the parents so uh, that helped me a lot and um, yeah ever since we've we've just been together in every possible way whether it's physically so i worked abroad and i worked uh, elsewhere as well but um i would connect with her in the morning i would connect with my mother in the evening with my dad um he's 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 the gentle factor in my life um and mother the is soothing and calming factor absolutely so he's he's the gentle one and my mother is the she's more the disciplinarian mm-hmm. but i think the good cop bad cop act uh, has really helped but you can ask me about many instances you know they've disciplined me also it's not as though i was entirely mm-hmm. spoiled through the uh, through the through the growing up years I can tell you a lot about how my mother <laughs> mother broke a tennis racket on me once. So you know it it wasn't sparing the rod and spoiling the child, mm-hmm. uh, but she would then swear me to secrecy and say, "Don't tell your father that." Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously children are naughty, and um, yes. you know I I may not practice what she did, but uh, you mean know, those no, things. No, I think it, it works both ways because uh, I know that I have my seven year old. Whenever I give him one slap. Uh, I do it with a lot of authority, right. but if my husband even tries to scream at him, whatever he might say that, why are you sc- screaming like a street child? And I'll be, how can you call him a street child? <laughs> Maybe right. just one hour before I have slapped him. Right. But it works probably both ways that correct. Yeah. you can't take it for your child from anybody else, right. even your spouse. Correct, correct. And um, you know, so so my father was very gentle, and he's never li- uh, lifted his hand on me or uh, even screamed at me. I don't think. 
I don't have a single memory of him screaming. In fact, he uh, inculcated a very interesting habit of mm-hmm. arguing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could so argue. Debates. Yeah, lots. In the, in, not in today's context, of course. Uh, yeah, even in today's context. <laughs> so I think I was prepared for journalism right from day one. Um, okay. So we used to have lots of arguments. And my mother has this uh, memory of me when I was, I think, about three, four. And I used to lift. And I think Janta Party or something had come into power at that point. So I would just lift the flags, anything, any any uh-huh. stick. And I would have three, four children uh, behind me. And we'd go around saying Janta Party. <laughs> so, you know, just the political discussions that used to happen at home and father was a journalist so mm-hmm. uh, you know and he he gave me this um, this thing of you know you are an individual in yourself you are mm-hmm. a tiny person you are not a child I will not talk to you like a child mm-hmm. so you know he inculcated that habit and we continue to argue to this date I mean everything is an argument in my family mm-hmm. so if I sit down on the dining table we will argue about the political scenario the economic scenario the and you know that's how that's how I guess journalists work and they treated me like that uh, right from the onset so yeah. Dani I'll ask you some questions that come to me very naturally and impromptu so we might just go a little back and forth sure one question that I really want to ask at this juncture with whatever you have told me what kind of a husband was your father and do you think uh, the relationships between spouse end of the day impacts the growth and mental stability of the child um that's with a good reference question. to your that's your a very family. good question um, my parents are poles apart mm-hmm. um, they are very different from each other and uh, while one is extremely practical my mother is very very practical mm-hmm. my father is an idealist and uh, you know he thinks of the ultimate the mm. the, the you know the utopia that you know one talks about so uh, you know uh, they're very different in terms of how they think mm. um, and I think in some uh, in some way um, and, and there, there used to be a lot of arguments in fact at some point I think at age 12 or something I tried to incite my mother to divorce him this is, <laughs> this is just hilarious because she was like you know what he's a very nice man Tanya <laughs> I'm not leaving your father and uh, you know but yeah they used to have their arguments and you know seeing them argue and the fact that there was a lot of respect even when they argued with each mm. other so mm. um, you know the kind of decorum that was maintained and uh, you know both being uh, educated, uh, both being um, well read, uh, mm. it really helped that their arguments made sense eventually to me. You know, I, I could side with both of them and I could see both their points of view. Mm-hmm. So seeing the respect that they shared for each other and the fact that, I mean, they they could be seen as a regular couple fighting also. Mm. Uh, so I had a very uh, regular childhood in that sense. And uh, yeah, it impacted me to the extent that I treated my relationships uh, in the same way. And I knew that whichever relationship I would get into eventually um, Mm. would need that kind of respect, both Mm. from my side towards him and, uh, you know, vice versa. So uh, if we get into this father-daughter zone, which is something that everybody knows that that is a a very, very sensitive Uh and very emotional zone. Absolutely. Which probably not everybody would understand unless they are either a father or a daughter. Right. (laughs) So (laughs) what is your... uh, earliest memory with him which you think is the most touchy and you think the audience should know about it you know so my dad um i have to tell you this um so lots of memories actually with papa because uh, yeah very very uh, very close to him but you know the the fact that um, i was not very athletic i was telling you i mm. i used to be head buried into books and uh, Generally, there was a library nearby and Mm -hmm. I would just go to my school library. And everyone knew that I used to read a lot. Mm. So uh, my father used to say, if you go out for one hour to play downstairs, Mm. you know, to just engage in some sort of uh, physical activity, I will get you a new book. Mm. 
सो यू नो दैट यूज टू बी एन ऑन गोइंग डील दैट वी यूज टू गो डाउन फॉर वन आवर बट आई स्टिल रिमेंबर ऑन माई बर्थडे एंड दिस इज यू नो सो समथिंग वॉज प्रोमिस्ड आई वॉज टोल्ड दैट इफ यू डू वेल इन अ पर्टिकुलर सब्जेक्ट आई थिंक आई वॉज वेरी बैड इन मैथ्स आई स्टिल एम सो माई डैड हैड प्रोमिस मी एंड आई थिंक आई वॉज इन क्लास सेवन और समथिंग लाइक दैट एंड ही हैड प्रोमिस मी दैट हीड बाई मी बाई मी एज मेनी बुक्स एज आई वॉन्टेड so uh, you know i went to the store um, i still remember i picked out i i'm pretty sure i picked out some 500 plus books mm-hmm. and i showed it to him and he was like tanya this is middle of the month <laughs> i don't have the money right now to uh, buy this for you but you keep these aside so we spoke to the bookstore owner mm. i still remember my dad's salary came in and he had a check in his hands and he uh, he signed out the check and uh, you know more than half his salary went into that and it it was just so, now when i look back it was so touching mm-hmm. you know Absolutely. i wouldn't perhaps i wouldn't do that today for my daughter but mm. he did it so you know this is very sweet was it just because you wanted something or it was because you wanted the right thing i think with my dad it, it was because i wanted it <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay that's really lovely to hear okay what is that one quality about you which you think he adores the most so you know i think i don't know if i have very many qualities but i must tell i must now relate an anecdote when my husband first saw me and he still goes back and he looks at that uh, he goes back into uh, <laughs> the memory lane and he says he saw me with my father i, I was standing next to my dad and his first uh, reaction was how much can a person look like another because <laughs> if you if you cut my hair and you age me to that extent mm. i'm exactly like him okay so um you know there have been cases where people um you know people from my father's past have spotted me playing somewhere you know so we, we were in dehradun and i was playing with my friends and a stranger came to me and he said are you uh uh suchet suchet is my dad's uh, right. you know pet name and uh, my mother was standing uh, close by so she said aap aap jante hain do you know him and he said yes i have seen uh, i have seen suchet grow up so he was an older person and he said she looks exactly like him <laughs> this child so um yeah so i think if there is any quality he likes about me it's it's the fact that i am his absolutely his copy so yeah i look kind a of, lot like yeah, him in more ways than one you just yes, absolutely you have so, carried him ahead yes is i have i have in a lot of ways <laughs> yes so jeans as well as uh, you know so his name is um, it's interesting his name is chaitanya swarup verma mm-hmm. and um, so i have taken his surname mm-hmm. uh, his his first name his as my surname so i'm tanya chaitanya not tanya verma mm-hmm. also because parents didn't believe in caste etc so you know so that not that uh, it's something that was done even in our family but uh-huh. uh, my mother just thought that tanya chaitanya had a nice ring to it yeah 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 of course does. you know if you see my name it's tanya tanya and chai in between <laughs> so it also explains my love for chai <laughs> yeah but it, it, you know it's Actually, father's name had my name in it, so huh. Chaitanya and Tanya within okay, that. Okay, okay. So yeah, so there's that. Um, yeah, but lots of uh, similarities. I started reading very early Koral, mm-hmm. so I was um, I used to put together words uh, when I was small, and you know magazines used to come at home, and there were newspapers and books all over. So I started reading on my own, um, and there used to be a magazine called Sunday. I don't know if you remember, mm-hmm. but um, so I was very tiny, must have been two and a half or something, and I, I was like S U N D A Y, and I said Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and my mother was around, she's like, "You are reading? How are you reading?" Uh, but by three, I was reading everything uh, pretty oh. much. Yeah, so I started reading early. and uh, dad used to have a typewriter a really old remington typewriter so he used to sit on his lap and keep typing and um, 
I used to ask for uh, so children used to ask for birthday cakes in the shape of an aeroplane, etc. And I still uh, have a photograph of a cake in the shape of a typewriter. <laughs> so you know, in those days there were no computers. Obviously, in the eighties, etc. So there were no computers. And dad used to work on, um, and he used to take me to his. Uh, he used to work with the Pioneer, and hmm. uh, he's worked with National Herald. So you went to his office. Yeah, lots, lots of times. And I used to just sit there and just browse. And I used to go to the library. So I grew up in that. And um, so it's interesting because. Everybody knew I'd become a writer, <laughs> except for me. So I got into fashion design, <laughs> and I did my NIFT for about uh, three years. And then last year is when I realized that I was sitting in the fashion communication class more often than I was sitting in the design class. I just used to like writing about fashion than uh, creating clothes. So I mean, at that point, I think something just snapped, and there was that ting moment. <laughs> I was like, "Listen, I am going into journalism," and that—that's how it uh, it happened. Uh, Tanya, what is that one quality, not quality, rather one uh, thing which you think that you cannot do in front of your father or with your father and get away? What is it that he would never accept from you? Lying. I don't think he'll ever like that. Um, okay, that's the only thing. Uh, and I also have a story to tell about that. So I Please must do. have been, um, I must have been about ten, eleven, and mm. I used to. My mom used to stop me from having ice cream uh, because my throat used to, uh, you know, sort of get affected. Mm. So I told her that I had to, I needed to borrow some ten rupees and I had to give it in school mm. uh, for something. And right. she gave me the money, and uh, then I went and had ice cream with my friends. And um, one of my friends told mummy that you know Tanya. Uh, <laughs> Tanya had ice cream with us. Uh, obviously, friend was not a good friend, <laughs> but she went and told mother. So you know, my parents' reaction was very, um, very, very different from any other parents' reaction. Mm-hmm. In fact, even my I, my reaction would be the same. So when I came home, they asked me, and I said yes, I have lied and whatever. And they broke down. Mm-hmm. They cried. And you know that that was the moment when I realized that it impacted them so much. They were like, "We are your friends. If you wanted to have that ice cream, you could have told us." Hmm. So there was no hitting. There was why no... was the need to tell that lie? Exactly. And they cr- to see your parents cry, and that's the only time I've seen my parents cry like hmm. that. They were like, "We are we aren't bringing you up right. You don't um, you don't really treat us uh, treat us as a friend." Hmm. And um, you know that that was the moment that really shook me. I was like, "I'm never lying to these guys again." <laughs> um, yeah, but that. Actually, my next question stems from something like this, that there is a period, I identify with it, I know that it happens, there is a period when every child grows a little rebellious and they try to come out of their parental shelter or parental, you know, uh, that whatever boundaries they have got. Right. How was that period with you? I mean, given that you were telling that your uh, family structure was so uh, so inviting and so accommodating. Yeah. How was that period with you, and how did you deal with yourself? So you know, rebelling uh, for uh, me wouldn't have uh, been something that I don't know how I would rebel against my parents because they were um, the they were so they was just so cool with everything. Um, mm. Like if I told my dad, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to get a tattoo, he'd absolutely be cool with it. Okay, um, you know. If I said I want a drink, I mean, he was like, "Okay, fine, let's open a bottle here and now." Mm. Um, boyfriends were absolutely fine. Parents would pick and choose. Look, that boy is really cute. <laughs> so you know, so they'd be like uh, around, and um, I married out of uh, my religion. So there's really no, nothing that I, um, you know, had to rebel against. In fact, if anything, um, and this is. <laughs> This is really funny because of the kind of comfort that they gave me at home mm. and the kind of uh, 
atmosphere that we had at home i used to want to rush back uh, you know to be back at home so i used to run out of school and uh, tell them that i'm not feeling well and come back <laughs> come back home and study so it's it's not even as though okay. i wasn't studying but i just found my home very comfortable so uh, the principal had to call my father and say she just keeps going home every day saying <laughs> pretending to have some sort of a pain or something so can you please talk to her and ask her to stay in school so dad was like listen i mean we, i we know that you love being at home but come on <laughs> go to school child <laughs> yeah so that's but no rebellion really per so se so you didn't really feel that kind of uh, emotion at all i mean probably that phase was taken care with the <clears throat> with the days that had you have spent before i i think so no rebellion at all because parents uh, being friends uh, hmm. you know would invite rebellion if anything my father was like tum to bahut seedhi nikle for somebody who i spoiled so much and you know i have cousins who are you know fairly rebellious right i haven't really done anything of that nature now when i come to think of it i mean i married out of uh, out of so i'm i'm a hindu born a hindu and uh, uh, my husband's a catholic okay. so my dad was very cool uh, he knew him also from uh, before so dad was extremely cool mm. mother was a little affected by uh, the fact that you know how parents are right they they may have uh, thought of something mm. so mother essentially was like okay koi mila nahi tumhe within so i said nahi nahi mila <laughs> this is it so she was like okay fine cool so uh, we had like a church wedding and a hindu wedding so i mean if you call that a uh, sort of rebellion hmm. but no, dad's not a rebellion i mean uh, no because parents were absolutely fine both yeah. parents were very fine uh, his parents were okay and uh, so were mine and uh, yeah so no, no rebellion at all yeah even i married a bihari right. and the only question that uh, not just my parents anybody at calcutta asked my husband they never asked that if i leave my job whether he'll be me they just asked bangla sikhoge na and later they came to me and said are ye vegetarian hai ye kaisa aadmi pakad ke laya tu oh wow for a yeah, bengali okay. to be married to yeah, a vegetarian yeah, they were like it was a cultural shock that how can a person not eat eat fish yeah. or meat or stuff i mean all the beautiful things that we prepare i mean oh what God, i love bengali like? food i love it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think uh, that's what my husband and i bond over food we love the same kind of uh, things and right. every time i go to calcutta oh god bolram moleki mitai how can i not have that oh yeah we have even the fast food that we get in calcutta is like the rolls yeah. the biryani yes. everything and i grew up in lucknow right so i mean the food you there have the chaat culture very much chaat and kebabs and yes. biryanis and you know you have the you have that and I've then done course, my ba from there so i completely know where what to find where right okay i know all the weird gullies of uh, aminabad kahan oh. se kaun si cheez saste mein milti hai <laughs> lovely there's that that place which is called garbad jhala where you yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> i know i know all my fashion uh, you know so I, there was something called butki bazar wo mera bahut favorite hua karta tha because that is very much kapoor thala ha correct wahan pe saste mein milte the and you know you, if you have the eye right if you have the eye for fashion then you can pick out just the right thing and combine exactly. it with something else Exactly. So I used to have that, and <laughs> Sarojini Nagar. I used to go to Sarojini yes. Nagar in Delhi, and you know, shop there. So yeah, so so all of that. Okay, the last question that I have for you in this section is three strengths of your father, which you think, or you think you inherited, or you would love to inherit, and you would love your child to inherit. I may not have inherited, but um, I'm going to name those. Yes, please. Um, so one is his honesty. Hmm. He's very honest. Um, Uh, the second is his fairness. He's very fair, hmm. and the third is his empathy. 
I know I keep telling you stories, but I should tell yes, you. Yes, please do. That is uh, what the show yeah. is about. When my parents uh, got engaged, my mother, I think she knitted this really lovely sweater for him, mm. and uh, she sent it out for him and whatever. And then when they got married, she was like, "Where is that sweater?" So my father didn't uh, didn't say anything. He can't lie, right? Mm. So he didn't say anything. So she said, "Has it has it uh, got lost?" Whatever the mother being mother was going on and on. Yeah. So then dad turned around and said, "Listen, uh, there was this." person he needed a sweater really badly he used to sit outside my office mm. and uh, you know it, it was really cold and you know it gets very cold in north india mm. right so he he was he was he would have died of the cold so i gave him that sweater so my mother did speak to him i think for two months straight <laughs> but yeah his fairness his honesty uh, all of that he's he's really the ideal man he can handle it he can whatever handle. comes with it yeah and he's a very he's he's really very idealistic and he is I mean, I I know all girls say it, but he's 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 my ideal man. How are you trapped in this world today? <laughs> you are a journalist today. How are you trapped in this world, having come from that kind of a background? <laughs> yeah, it's very difficult. It is very very difficult. <laughs> he's also every day the very definition of journalism is changing so much. I teach in a yes. college where a lot of journalism uh, students believe that shouting on top of the voice is journalism. Not at all. not at all journalism is about uh, and you know the kind of journalism i learned i've learned from my father or the kind of journalism that i've learned you know i i worked with the bbc so very right. ethical uh, you know you you present news you don't mm. give your views exactly so opinionated much. yeah it's not opinionated at all so mm. um yeah so the kind of journalism that i see today <laughs> kind of uh sort of hurts me a little bit <laughs> thankfully i've chosen lifestyle journalism uh to you know work with um but yeah there are moments uh, when i feel very conflicted mm. and there are moments when my uh you know my point of view wants to uh i want to present my point of view but then i i hold myself back and i'm like i have to present this person's point of view who's being interviewed right and in no way do we endorse or uh, say negative things about what you feel or you think that's your point of view right exactly. and i should present it exactly as is true so tania we move to the next section which oh, is there's another section oh yeah yeah we have quite some sections okay all right so, <laughs> it's called truth or myth okay. i'll give you some statements mm-hmm. some of which you have already given me a little bit of um, hint Sure. in the last uh, discussion that we had so i'll utter some sentences and uh, you totally interpret it your way and uh, tell me the perspective sure. whether it's a truth or myth in your life girls are spoiled by their fathers i was so <laughs> yeah truth completely spoiled yeah <laughs> girls are more comfortable discussing their issues and woes with fathers than with anybody else in the world I'm not sure of that. I was because my dad is as uh, progressive as mm. he is, but I'm not sure girls are as open with their fathers as they would perhaps be with their moms. Mm. Uh, because you know there are certain things that women don't feel. Or women to women feel. are more yes, effective. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. So it it it's a you know if it's, it's an intimate kind of uh, mm. discussion, then they don't. But I was very uh, open with my you dad. You were, and he was also obviously. I believe. Oh yes, absolutely. I told you right that uh, you know when I turned a certain age, I hit puberty. They both explained the birds and the bees. They just didn't coordinate with each other. <laughs> so both of them explained. I was like, please, I know about it. Don't tell me separately. Please coordinate better, parents. Uh, but yeah, so dad was very cool, and uh, yeah, I've I've. Okay. had that equation okay third if there is one morsel left in a food pack which is favorite both to tanya and her father chances are tanya would wouldn't wait for her father she would gobble it truth or myth so tanya under uh, 17 18 would eat it up <laughs> but tanya above 18 would now leave it for her father yeah okay 
if uh, Tanya brings home a guy with spikes and blue highlights in the hair, her father would not talk to him for a while. Her father would uh, absolutely welcome uh, welcome him. In fact, uh, one of my uh, one of the most interesting things that my dad used to say was, you know, when she grows up, I want many boys to woo her, <laughs> take me out, <laughs> take me out to dinners and lunches, and spoil me silly because I want you to be wooed by as many as possible. So he's like, "Bus, now you've decided to get married to this fellow. <laughs> you should have a little more experience, meet more people, uh, you know, sort of have more boyfriends." But yeah, so that that would be very cool. Okay, so the next is uh, in the next section. I'll give you some questions which are totally, totally fictional and fun. Yeah, okay. And you would have to create that fictional space with whatever non-fiction you are talking about in okay. your life. Sure. If father played Spider-Man, what would be your role in that film? Father played Spider-Man. I would be hmm, interesting. Um, I'd be Aunt May. Okay. Yeah. Great. So, who is that one person in your list of friends who you would try to keep away from your father? You know, all my friends used to like my dad so much. They'd come and play chess <laughs> with him, and they'd come and chat with him because you know he was very different from any other father mm. figure, right? And uh, you know, people used to be scared of their dads when they used right. to walk into the home. And here was this really cool guy who would <laughs> chat about everything under the sun. Uh, so, all my friends were friendlier with my dad than they were with me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, third is, if you were a politician, what work would you do to make your father really happy? Not proud, happy. Loaded, very loaded. <laughs> this is very, very loaded. Um, it's very tough for me to answer it. But I think my father is of the generation that believes mm -hmm. in, uh, you know, in, in, in inequality and, and the fact that we are all... Um, the plural, the pluralism of India is right. what we should uh, value, and um, I think if I could bring about that change to some extent, then that would make my dad really happy. Superb. And the last one in the section: if you could give one book to your father, one book, which one would you give and why? Wow, he's always given me all the books, and he reads all my books. Um, currently, he's reading Ikigai, which mm -hmm. uh, which is about uh, the Japanese uh, art of uh, uh, the Japanese art of feeling fulfilled. Mm. So it's about how the Japanese uh, people sort of divide their lives into uh, you know the 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 aspect which is personal, uh, the professional aspect, and then the charitable aspect. Mm. And so they feel very fulfilled when there's a little bit of charity going in or believing in causes. So he's quite enjoying that. Mm -hmm. And I've just given it to him, so he's reading it. But, you know, there is no share. So, you know, there, at some point in my house, if there is a book, you will find four bookmarks within it. And now there's a fifth entering mm. the uh, thing because my daughter's also started reading extensively. Um, so if I get a book in, I'm reading it, my husband's reading it, my dad is reading it, my mom is reading it, and so is the child now. So, I mean, obviously, we keep her away from certain hmm. uh, kind of books, but it's a house full of books. You should come to my place. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, you should totally come back. <laughs> I would love to see the library. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there are only books, and that's what we value the most. And I think I'm still very greedy when it comes to books. So, you know, I get like a bunch of books uh, every day to office, and I think that's the part of my job that I like the most, because I get so many books at work and uh, you know just to give it away to uh, you know other people in the team I have to really you know my team knows that I'll have to I'll sit for half an hour just looking at browsing at the books and say okay fine I'll give this to you <laughs> the rest are going home with me <laughs> yeah so yeah so that's 
Okay, the final question is a role play. Sure. Here, you will just have to cook a few dialogues to talk to your father. Mm-hmm. Think you are back to your childhood. Mm-hmm. Convince your dad that one ice cream a day keeps the doctor away. You know, it's it's this question has to be directed to my mother because my mother wouldn't allow ice cream. Dad would get like he'd sneak into ice creams and give it to me. If I want anything, my dad will go to any lengths to get it. So, but my, what about the health? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, mummy was okay. uh, absolutely Mom against was it. The, yeah. I told you the ice cream right. incident, right? So, uh, mother wouldn't allow any chocolate, any ice cream, and I because of the amount of uh, amount of fast food and stuff that was given to me I had cavities in my milk teeth oh. uh, because dad obviously got me anything I wanted <laughs> so I wouldn't have to convince him at all I'd have to convince the mother on the other hand and she would whack me she's, she's one of those conventional people right would, one of them have to be one of them yeah so good cop bad cop works very well yeah they did that so that's the end of the show today thank you so much Tanya for being a part of the show I had a lot of learning and immense fun talking to you well, it was so much fun and I can tell you that, uh, you know, just going back into memory lane, I'm just very grateful for having the, the kind of parents I have. Um, and I think uh, this is a reminder uh, for all of us, uh, you know, that, that the way we've been brought up and the way we've been given so much by our parents, not not uh, not just in terms of uh, things or, uh, you know, monetarily, but the yeah. kind of love and affection that's been shared, uh, it needs to be valued. And in some form being uh, given back. So, right. you know. It's, it's just lovely you know, doing that this. is exactly what we are trying to achieve with this show because uh, things have changed so much and uh, we don't find the same kind of people the same kind of situations any longer this show through this show we are trying to you know retain it in every way possible right, right? those are some lovely memories which they are lovely memories lovely values that yes, were passed on exactly and you know whether your parent is strict or not they pass on the right set of values exactly, exactly it's important for us to just go back and you know sort of remember what you were taught exactly and be thankful for it so be gratitude every it. single moment and exactly. i must say that uh, while uh, talking to you i realized that my bond with my dad is as strong as it as it is because i i've always felt that my mother is very close to me because uh, you know she's she's been the the guiding factor mm. and dad has been the cool factor <laughs> so um, yeah but yeah i'm actually close to both of them and thanks so much Coral, for uh, totally uh, totally making my me pleasure go back memory lane thank you thanks audience for being a part of the fun hope you enjoyed our show the great indian family don't forget to share your feedback write to bonjour b o n j o u r at epilog.media we will address them all do send us your feedback on twitter using the hashtag the great indian family leave us a review rating on apple podcast and make sure to subscribe to our show we will come back again next sunday till then let's rock